When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Law School of America An equitable servitude is a term used in the law of real property to describe a non-possessory interest in land that operates much like a covenant running with the land. In England and Wales the term is defunct and in Scotland it has very long been a subtype of the Scottish legal version of servitudes, which are what English law calls easements. However covenants and equitable servitudes in most of the jurisdictions across North America are slightly different. The usual distinction is based on the remedy the plaintiff seeks and precedent will allow for the scenario in question. Where the terms are unmerged, holders of a covenant seek money damages, holders of equitable servitude seek injunctions. The term used to exist in England widely before Tulp v. Moxie and as byproduct of the Judicature Acts became one of the fullest mergers of equity and common law in England and Wales so as to agree initially on the term equitable covenant then coming to be united in the term covenant save that equitable bears a particular meaning in English property rights since at least 1925, it means not fully compliant with registration and written formalities. If it lacks legally routine formalities it is not a full legal covenant and therefore more tenuous, often only enforceable personally and against the original covenanter in personam. Equitable servitude remains conceptually unaltered from its original core meaning however in many derived jurisdictions today. It describes wherever a party is in a non-criminal way forbidden from certain use, of land, in such a way as for breach to justify prohibitory or mandatory action to be ordered by the court. The term usually applies only to permanent restrictions, others may more commonly branded rules, terms of use, private BLAs or restrictions. The first example was wherever there was an enclave, the landowner would forever, while it is necessary, enjoy an implied positive servitude over the intervening land. In England and Wales that scenario is almost exclusively expressed in terms of implied easements in modern parlance. In the United States, negative and affirmative equitable servitudes remain a live legal concept in their own right. It is a covenant that equity will enforce in equity, rather than in the common law, against the successors of the burdened land who have notice of the covenant. If such notice is by constructive knowledge, such as the inquiries an ordinary purchaser ought to have made, then the covenant is known as implied. Creation. An equitable servitude must be created by a writing, unless it is a negative equitable servitude that may be implied from a common scheme for the development of a residential subdivision, so long as landowners have notice of the agreement. Implied negative servitudes, however, are not recognized in some states, such as Massachusetts and California. Burden. A successor of the promiser is bound if the original promise is in writing, the covenanting parties intended the servitude to be enforceable by and against assignees, the successor of the promiser has actual, inquiry, record, or constructive notice of the servitude, and the covenant touches and concerns the land. Benefit The benefit of an equitable servitude runs with the land and thus is enforceable by the promise's successors if the original parties so intended, and the servitude touches and concerns the benefited property. Equitable Defenses a court will not enforce an equitable servitude under the following circumstances. The person seeking enforcement is violating a similar restriction on his own land, unclean hands. 
The holder of the dominant estate acquiesced in violation of the servitude by the holder of the servient estate, acquiescence. The holder of the dominant estate acted in such a way that would have a reasonable person to believe that the covenant was abandoned, estoppel. The owner of the dominant estate fails to bring suit against the violator within a reasonable time, laches. The character of the neighborhood changed sufficiently through development, changes in zoning, or through non-enforcement of the equitable servitude, called the changed conditions doctrine. Usufruct is a limited real right or in rem right, found in civil law and mixed jurisdictions that unites the two property interests of usus and fructus. Usus, use, is the right to use or enjoy a thing possessed, directly and without altering it. Fructus, fruit, in a figurative sense, is the right to derive profit from a thing possessed, for instance, by selling crops, leasing immovables or annexed movables, taxing for entry, and so on. A usufruct is either granted in severalty or held in common ownership, as long as the property is not damaged or destroyed. The third civilian property interest is abuses, literally abuse, the right to alienate the thing possessed, either by consuming or destroying it, for example, for profit, or by transferring it to someone else, for example, sale, exchange, gift. Someone enjoying all three rights has full ownership. Generally, a usufruct is a system in which a person or group of persons uses the real property, often land, of another. The usufructuary does not own the property, but does have an interest in it, which is sanctioned or contractually allowed by the owner. Two different systems of usufruct exist, perfect and imperfect. In a perfect usufruct, the usufructuary is entitled the use of the property but cannot substantially change it. For example, an owner of a small business may become ill and grant the right of usufruct to an individual to run their business. The usufructuary thus has the right to operate the business and gain income from it, but does not have the right to, for example, tear down the business and replace it or to sell it. The imperfect usufruct system gives the usufructuary some ability to modify the property. For example, if a landowner grants a piece of land to a usufructuary for agricultural use, the usufructuary may have the right to not only grow crops on the land but also make improvements that would help in farming, say by building a barn. However this can be disadvantageous to the usufructuary, if a usufructuary makes material improvements, such as a building, or fixtures attached to the building, or other fixed structures, to their usufruct, they do not own the improvements, and any money spent on those improvements would belong to the original owner at the end of the usufruct. In many usufructuary property systems, such as the traditional Ejido system in Mexico, individuals or groups may only acquire the usufruct of the property, not legal ownership. A usufruct is directly equatable to a common law life estate except that a usufruct can be granted for a term shorter than the holder's lifetime. History Usufruct comes from civil law, under which it is a subordinate real right, use in re aliena, of limited duration, usually for a person's lifetime. The holder of a usufruct, known as a usufructuary, has the right to use, uses, the property and enjoy its fruits, fructus. In modern terms, fructus more or less corresponds to the profit one may make, as when selling the fruits, in both literal and figurative senses, of the land or leasing a house. Fruits refers to any renewable commodity on the property, including, among others, actual fruits, livestock and even rental payments derived from the property. These may be divided into civil, fructus civils, industrial, fructus industrialis, and natural fruits, fructus naturales, the latter of which, in Roman law, included slaves and livestock. Under Roman law, usufruct was a type of personal servitude, 
servitudes personarum, a beneficial right in another's property. The usufructuary never had possession of this property, on the basis that if he possessed it all, he did so through the owner, but he did have an interest in the property itself for a period, either a term of years, or a lifetime. Unlike the owner, the usufructuary did not have a right of alienation, abuses, but he could sell or lease his usufructuary interest. Even though a usufructuary did not have possessory title, he could sue for relief in the form of a modified possessory interdict, prohibiting order. In some indigenous cultures, usufruct means the land is owned in common by the people, but families and individuals have the right to use certain plots of land. Land is considered village or communal land rather than owned by individual people. While people can take fruits of the land, they may not sell or abuse it in ways that stop future use of the land by the community. Ancient examples of usufruct are found in the Code of Hammurabi and the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses directed property owners not to harvest the edges of their fields, and reserved the gleanings for the poor. Thomas Jefferson famously wrote in 1789 that earth belongs, in usufruct, to the living. Jefferson's metaphor means that, like a usufructuary, human beings have the right to use the earth for their own benefit and derive profit from it, but only to the extent that their actions do not impoverish the earth's bounty for future generations. It was, in other words, an expression both of rights, of the living, and obligations, of the living to those yet to be born. Jefferson's use of the word living is critical here, he meant that the usufructuaries of the world are those who are alive, not deceased past generations. This idea would profoundly influence Jefferson over the course of his life, and would lead to his acknowledgement that the Constitution of the United States would be revised by future generations, and was part of the reason that the Constitution includes a provision for its own amendment. Local Variations United States Louisiana Although the United States is for the most part a common law jurisdiction recognizing life estate instead of usufruct, Louisiana is a civil law jurisdiction, specifically following the French and Spanish models. In Louisiana, usufructs generally are created in a manner similar to other real rights, by gift, donation, will, testament, or operation of law. Nevertheless, they are typically granted sestui k vi. Unless otherwise provided in a will, a person's share of community property exceeds to descendants as bare title holders, naked owners, nevertheless, if that person has a living spouse, the latter will receive a usufruct in that portion of the estate until death or remarriage, Louisiana Civil Code Article 890. Under certain other conditions, a usufruct may arise giving rights to that person's parents. Georgia. While Georgia does not share Louisiana's civil law history, Georgia General Assembly statutorily created usufructs. In Georgia, a usufruct is rights or privileges usually arising out of landlord and tenant relationships, and with privileges granted to tenants holding less interest in real estate than a state for years. Under Georgia law, if a landowner grants a lease for fewer than five years, the lease agreement is a usufruct, and the landowner retains the estate. Additionally, Georgia courts consider as a usufruct any relationship between a landowner and a lessee where the restrictions are so pervasive as to be fundamentally inconsistent with the concept of an estate for years, or the landowner retains dominion and control over the business operating on the property. Social Ecology Usufruct is a central concept in social ecology. Murray Bookchin defines usufruct informally as the freedom of individuals in a community to appropriate resources merely by virtue of the fact that they are using them. Bookchin contrasts usufruct other property relations saying, 
usufruct, in short, differs qualitatively from the quid pro quo of reciprocity, exchange, and mutual aid, all of which are trapped within history's demeaning account books with their just ratios and their honest balance sheets. He pairs the concept of usufruct with complementarity and the irreducible minimum as core to his ethical worldview. What civilization has given us, in spite of itself, is the recognition that the ancient values of usufruct, complementarity, and the irreducible minimum must be extended from the kin group to humanity as a whole. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America